You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm going to do this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Check out my column there weekly, the Start Sitcom, The Decider, for Week 6 is up. I also have my picks straight up and against the spread you can check out. And our look at our sleepers and busts there as a staff at Sporting News. All that good stuff. It's time to start diving into the matchups here of week number six, so we'll do that. We'll look at Thursday Night Football first, the Buccaneers traveling to Philadelphia to play the Eagles. We also have another London game, so early morning East Coast kickoff there between the Dolphins and Jaguars, so Jacksonville is the home game, or home team in London, so we'll break those two games down for you. Then we'll look at five other games. We have uh, four teams on bye this week, so no Falcons, no Saints, no Jets, no 49ers, so only 14 games, so a little less of a pool of players, so even more important with those players you want to deploy or avoid here based on the matchups of Week 6. We'll dive into all of that here right away. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Alright, we will open looking at that Thursday night game, the Bucks and Eagles. It's a 7-point spread in favor of Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. 52.5 is the over-under in this one, so let's uh, break things down. So we're expecting some pretty good scoring. We know the Bucks are a scoring machine right now with Tom Brady, and I don't see any reason why that will slow down. Now, the way they do it might change a little bit this week, but it's still going to get done here, and they're going to have a lot of options. It's going to be a lot like the Miami game. It's another weak run defense they get, so that's going to open things up for Leonard Fournette. So we like him as a strong RB2 this week, so... There's a baseline there, but you look at Darius Slay, Steven Nelson, those are the corners for the Eagles. Not bad, but we also saw Xavier Howard and Byron Jones get completely destroyed here by Brady last week with Mike Evans and Antonio Brown, especially Chris Godwin did some damage in the middle as well, but we look at this matchup, I think Slay's a guy you want to avoid. I think he'll be on Evans quite a bit, so maybe not easy coverage looks for Evans. We saw that in week one there when they faced uh, Trayvon Diggs and the Cowboys, and uh, we saw that against the Patriots as well when J.C. Jackson was kind of on Mike Evans. So we can see that happen again with Darius Slay. Slay's coming off a big game, a couple interceptions against the Panthers. They really quieted D.J. Moore in that game. So Antonio Brown I also think will be effective, but maybe less explosive in this game. They're going to have to use him more on those crossing routes in the intermediate part of the field, and that's why I think it's a Godwin game. You look at Avante Maddox, he hasn't been very good for the Eagles covering the slot. That's always been an issue, the depth of the Eagles secondary, and that's come to fruition here. Their safeties are also pretty vulnerable with Rodney McLeod. That doesn't say I'm going to go with Cameron Braid in this one at tight end. Looks like Rob Gronkowski is going to miss another game with that ribs injury, short week, in pain. It's going to be hard to turn that around here. So when you look at the Bucks, I like Chris Godwin falling into that wide receiver one category. And Mike Evans and Antonio Brown, they don't drop too far, but more wide receiver two. I don't think you'll get multiple touchdowns. You might not even get one touchdown from either of those guys this week. I think it's going to be a Godwin scoring game for sure. And I think he has a good chance to be the leading receiver here for the Bucks. And keep in mind, the Eagles play two 
high safety, so they're going to dare the Bucks to run the ball. Going to ask Brady to work the middle of the field. So Brady could have a little bit of bump there, but I think Godwin's going to be the guy there, and Brown can also fill that void. So basically with uh, Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich, if they don't have the tight end options and they don't trust O.J. Howard at all, they're not going to go 12 personnel. It's going to be that 11 with those three receivers, and they're going to trust number 12, TB12, to throw to those guys at a high volume here. But Fournette, another strong game, closing it out. So... I think it could play out very much like last week, except Godwin being the man and Evans and uh, Brown being more of the complimentary strong roles this week in the passing game. And I'm not going out anywhere else in the Bucks' uh, backfield. It, it's the Fournette show. Gio Bernard, you're hoping for a receiving touchdown. Ronald Jones, you're hoping for a rushing touchdown. Not enough there for me to want to start them. And really, I wouldn't roster them either. If Fournette's healthy and they're going to keep him fresh with these other two guys, they're going to give Fournette the ball in the key situations here going forward. And this matchup is great. The Eagles are the number 30 run defense in the NFL. Now, let's look at the Eagles side of things here. Jalen Hurts, every week, has been pretty solid. It's not always pretty. It takes him a while to get those numbers. He'll do it, however, rushing or passing. Put together nice games. You're going to get 20 points from him no matter what. This game could come with a little bit of higher ceiling here because the Bucks secondary really beat up here. We know they're depleted there. We'll see if Antoine Winfield can come back here to help with safety, but there's openings all over the field. In the secondary, Levante David, their fine inside linebacker, also can miss the game. He's a good cover man there with Devin White. So that's going to open things up for Devonta Smith and Zach Ertz. That's all I'm going with in this uh, offense because Dallas Goddard here on the COVID-19 list, he's not going to be cleared for this game. It's too quick of a turnaround here on Thursday night. If it had been a Sunday game, maybe we'd seen Dallas Goddard, but yeah, tough break there, but it opens up an opportunity for Ertz. He's really cheap in DFS, by the way. He's almost a uh, must-play here with Goddard out here. And uh, again, they're going to use the tight ends after Devonta Smith. I don't trust Jalen Rieger or Quez Watkins or... Greg Ward or any other receivers there for the Eagles. So I think it's going to be a lot to them. And I think there's also an opportunity here for the Eagles to throw to their running backs. That's what the Bucks struggle with most. David's not playing this game. So you look at that, you can't really run on the Bucks. The Eagles are also not a committed running team other than uh, letting Jalen Hurts do most of the work here on the ground as well as through the air. So you're not going to see a lot of touches from Miles Sanders. That's going to be frustrating again. But Sanders is a guy we've seen. If he can get a short pass, he can go pretty far. And this Bucks defense is pretty vulnerable there. I like Kenneth Gainwell, especially if the game gets out of hand in the second half. Some uh, catch-up uh, tosses there to Gainwell. And half and full-point PPR, I think Sanders and Gainwell have a little bit more flex appeal. Don't let, just look at the run defense of the Buccaneers being dominant and the Eagles not running. There's different ways to get them the ball. And I think there's also going to be a correlation with Goddard missing the game. They've got to get more people involved. And they're going to protect against the long balls, and that's what Rieger and Watkins do for this team. So that means a lot of uh, volume for Smith and Ertz, and I think they're going to get the running backs involved as well on checkdowns and shorter passes here to extend drives and try to keep the Eagles uh, on the field and the Bucks off the field here with their offenses. And again, if you're going to look at defense special teams, I think if Bucks are in there every week, I think Jalen Hurts uh, will take a few sacks here. Lane Johnson uh, has a personal issue, so they could be depleted again of the offensive line and uh, some opportunities there for this uh, Bucks pass rush to get going, especially playing with lead here. They can tee off a little bit in the second half. And we've seen Hurts make some mistakes here for sure. 
All right, the next game we'll talk about is the Dolphins-Jaguars uh, game. Not as much interest in this one in fantasy football. Let's start with the Dolphins. The big news, it looks like Tua Tagovola will return from his ribs injury, and uh, maybe not the best thing for this offense, the way that Jacoby Brissett was facilitating some things, especially to Mike Gusecki at tight end. Devontae Parker was a surprise scratch there last week against the Bucks. We really liked him, but no one could really step up there. So a lot of Mike Gusecki here for the Dolphins, they need to keep throwing to him. He's the guy that can uh, make something happen. The Jaguars cannot cover the tight end. I can't really trust Jalen Waddle. If Parker's in there, I feel a little bit better about him, but Waddle and Tagovailoa coming back, I don't really like. So I think you look at Mike Isaki and the other MG guy in this uh, co-offensive coordinator situation here with the former tight ends coach George Godsey and Eric Studsville. We said at some point it's going to flow through Gaskin and Gusecki because these are the two players that these two uh, coaches had the most familiarity with. And Malcolm Brown has been up or down. Could they pivot back to Malcolm Brown? Absolutely they could in this game because the Jaguars may be a little bit more vulnerable to power backs. Last week it was about getting that scat back, change of pace guy that could catch passes against the Buccaneers. So don't be surprised if they do that, but I would think Gaskin played well enough last week where they got to trust him. So I like Gaskin and Gusecki. Not going to force into a Tagvola. Not going to look at the wide receivers in this one. I know the Jaguars matchup is pretty darn good, and two, but I feel like wherever the Dolphins go with Tua, it's going to be more a grinding game. I think the defense is going to show up. They are three-point favorites here in London. Uh, it's a 47 over-under, so we're not expecting a lot of uh, fireworks here. But if they're going to come, I think they're going to come more from Gaskin and Gusecki being effective. Again, if uh, Parker plays, you could see him as a wide receiver three or flex. Waddle, you could go in that direction as well. I'm just not expecting much in this game. It's kind of a grindy, defensive-type game that the Dolphins really need here to win a game. They've just been pretty awful here of late all season long. The one thing they've had a lot of trouble with, stopping the run. So that's going to help James Robinson quite a bit here. He's locked and loaded. He looks very good. We know Urban Meyer and this offensive staff are overloading James Robinson. Let's hope he stays healthy, but he's looking really good. He looks strong. He looks fast here. So he's the guy. I, I like Marvin Jones, actually, in this game because they can move him around a little bit. I don't like LaVisca Cheneau. We saw Xavier uh, Howard and, Mar and Byron Jones struggle a little bit. So Marvin, I think they're going to reestablish some volume with him in this game. So I think Marvin is a bounce-back wider super three. I'm not going with Cheneau this week because I don't know if they're going to trust him all that much. Dan Arnold, sneaky, maybe tight end play for desperate at that position against the Dolphins because we told about their linebacker and safety issues. Uh, if they're going to run the ball well, they're going to throw quite a bit to Darnold. So Darnold, or Dan Arnold, <laughs> we mixed his name together. But, yeah, you look at it, uh, he did play with Sam Darnold. Now he's playing with Trevor Lawrence. That's an upgrade at quarterback for the tight end. So they'll use him a little bit. Uh, you're going to get pretty low upside from him, but if you're getting a really hurting at tight end, maybe Kyle Pitts is off this week. You don't have uh, uh, George Kittle and or Ross Dwelly to fall back on. You could look at that Dan Arnold there in deeper league. Formats Marvin, again, I think he has a decent game. Get some uh, garbage work here that works for Trevor Lawrence. And Lawrence, I think, can have a pretty decent game. So I, I do actually like playing Lawrence. I think there's some interception possibilities and sacks that could happen as uh, Brian Flores kind of challenges this Dolphins defense. But overall, I'm looking at this game being pretty good for Lawrence. I just trust him as the better talent over Tagvola. I wouldn't be surprised if Jacksonville wins this game outright, but... Again, I think Dolphins are the better coach team. That's why I'm going with them in this game uh, and minus three in their favor. 
All right, we'll break down uh, more stuff here for you. Uh, we got uh, five more games to talk about in this show, and we'll uh, do the back half seven games uh, tomorrow. Hey, fantasy football fans, this is Vinny Iyer with an incredible app. Everyone who buys gas needs to know about it. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. Get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back in your first tank. Some people who are driving a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back and there's no cash. The cashback gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cashback on your first tank. That's the promo code TOUCHDOWN there at GetUpside. All right, it's uh, time to continue the show here and uh, continue to break down the matchups, the early side matchups of week number six. Thanks for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first lesson every day. We're free and available on all platforms for you. Now, Houston and Indianapolis is our next game up. The Texans go into the Colts, who uh, had a great offensive performance, did not beat the Ravens. They blew that big lead there against Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews and company, but Good developments for that Colts offense for sure. That's what we wanted to see here. We want to see Michael Pittman step up as a top wide receiver for Carson Wentz. Check. We want to see Paris Campbell make a few more plays for this offense. Check. We want to see Jonathan Taylor get the high volume, get the work in the passing game, as well as uh, closing out the door with high rushing totals. Check. So we got exactly what we wanted from the Colts, and Carson Wentz is starting to feel it. He's had two very good fantasy games the last uh, three. Pittman is really helping him. The tight ends are being effective. Taylor working out of the backfield. Naeem Hines there. Uh, Campbell is another weapon. T.Y. Hilton is around the corner. So, good week here. If you were streaming and you, you were looking at Matt Ryan or Trail Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, or some option there, or James Winston, you're doing that type of game here. Carson Wentz is not a bad play at all this week. I think he gets 215-2 in this game. Jonathan Taylor also goes off big time again. He, the game script is awesome. They're 9.5 point favorites. The Colts are at home. 42.5 is the over-under, so everything points to Taylor staying red hot in this game, maybe even as a receiver again, but he'll get the good rushing volume. He will score and uh, Wentz will be very effective working at Pittman. Pittman just looks outstanding at this point. We knew he had that kind of talent to be just a guy that can go up and get the ball and make all kinds of catches. He flashed it last year, and it's coming to fruition here with Wentz really warming up and he that connection. So Wentz must start in Superflex in two QB leagues. Good streamer this week. Pittman falls into the wide receiver two category. Taylor Absolutely, it's an RB1 this week. I don't think you'll see much of Naeem Hines. Do I really want to trust Paris Campbell quite yet? I don't think so. I think uh, you can go in better directions here. I also don't think the Colts are going to need to throw all that much, and uh, they're not going to be a back-and-forth shootout here with Davis Mills. I also like the Colts' defense. So if you're doing a little stack in DFS, a little Taylor defense stack. Not bad uh, with the flow of the game in this one to look at with Davis Mills on the other side. Now, the Colts... Uh, Kind of depleted in the secondary, had a lot more injuries there on the back end against the Ravens, but they got playmakers up front, they got the pass rush there, maybe Quiddy Pay comes back for this game to help them, and uh, Justin Houston, and we saw some of the things there with the Colts where they needed a pay to kind of replace Justin Houston, and we've seen that a little bit more. So some sacks, takeaways, always are going to be the offing, 
with Davis Mills playing on the road this week. Last week he played really well against the Patriots. So I think this goes back to being a Brandon Cooks game. I mentioned the Colts uh, secondary having issues. They don't really have anyone who can slow down Cooks. He's a smaller, quicker receiver. Xavier Rhodes is a bigger zone-type corner. So Cooks is going to get back on track this week with some garbage time. Do I go anywhere else? I can't trust anyone in this backfield. I can't trust a Chris Moore or a Chris Conley to do enough damage here in the passing game. So basically it's the Brandon Cooks show once again we trust for the Texans. And there's rumors that... Uh, Tyrod Taylor is going to come back from his hamstring injury as early as next week. So it could even be in this game. I doubt it. That would change things a little bit here with the way we look at uh, Cooks. But, yeah, I like Cooks regardless. Uh, he has produced with Davis Mills, so keep that in mind. He can do that again in this game in garbage time on the other side. The next game we'll talk about is the Packers-Bears game. The Packers are four-and-a-half-point road favorites. It's a 45 over-under here, so not expecting... A lot here, but a little bit more than that uh, Texans-Colts game, which was at 42-and-a-half. So let's start with the Packers. This is pretty easy. Start your principles. Uh, Devontae Adams killing it. 200 yards receiving last week. He'll torch the Bears no matter how they try to cover him. With Jalen Johnson and other people, so he'll do damage. Aaron Jones is there. Aaron Rodgers, I, don't, I think you can expect maybe a quieter game from Aaron Rodgers when you look at that total. Not inspiring to be a big, big game for Aaron Rodgers. I think this could be a Jones game. But I think you'll get enough. You'll get there where he's in a back-end starter for Rodgers this week. Now, A.J. Dillon has been getting a lot of work. They're trying to find a way to supplement their offense a little bit behind Adams and Jones, but I'm not going to go there this week. Very inconsistent with their other weapons, whether it's Randall Cobb or Robert Tunyon not going there either. So just starting the principles, Rodgers, Adams, and Jones, not really extending much more for Green Bay. This one, you could also play the Packers' defense in this one. Justin Fields is still on the other side starting, so some mistakes there, some sacks to be had. Even with Green Bay missing uh, both uh, Jair Alexander and Zadarius Smith from their pass defense, I think they can be effective here even on the road in this matchup. The Bears defense sitting, they've been pretty effective here for a couple weeks, but they're not going to do what they did in Las Vegas against Green Bay. And in their offense, uh, you're going to start Damian Williams. I don't think you can extend to Khalil Herbert. I know Herbert got technically more work last week, but Williams had the more effective touches. That's what you're looking for. The goal line work, the receiving work, that was uh, Damian Williams, so he's locked and loaded as an RB2 just based on that. I think this is a rebound game for Allen Robinson. I think no Jared Alexander is going to help. They need to get the ball to Allen Robinson. It's been very disappointing with his production so far this season between Andy Dalton and uh, Fields. I think he gets going this week uh, making a point to get the ball into his hands here. The matchup is too good against this uh, depleted secondary without Alexander. So I like him. Would I go to Darnell Mooney? Maybe if you're stuck. Uh, I think Mooney could do some work here, but I just don't trust them being able to push the ball downfield that much against the Packers here as they'll find different ways to get after him with uh, defensive coordinator Joe Barry. So that's why I like Robinson. That's why I like Williams. That's about it here for the Bears this week. And the Fields is just unstartable. Until he starts running to give him a high floor, it's not going to happen here for Justin Fields as a fantasy football starter. Okay, so that uh, two more games are in the books here. We'll break down three more in our final segment, all the way staying in the 1 p.m. Eastern Time window. Then we will go look at the back half of the matchups next week, all the way through the Cowboys-Patriots uh, marquee game, the Seahawks. Steelers on Sunday night and the Bills-Titans game on Monday night. We'll do that all tomorrow, so a little bit of a teaser for that show. i got to tell you more about Built Bar. It's the best-tasting protein bar ever. This week, you got to check out a limited-time flavor. They have cookie dough chunk. What's your favorite Built Bar flavor? 
The only way to find out is to get a mix box where you get two each of their quarantine flavors. They include coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. I'm a Built Bar fan, and you've heard me talk about how much I like the chocolate upon chocolate bars. There they have at Built Bar, but all of them are outstanding. They're covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew there at Built Bar. Most of the flavors have 17 grams protein, 130 calories, 180 calories for some bars, but only 4 to 5 grams sugar and only 4 to 5 grams net carbs. They're the best tasting Built Bar flavors, but they're also amazingly healthy for you too. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Get it out right now. Get your mix box and uh, get going. Uh, power through your day. Protein that you need. A protein bar that tastes like a dessert. That's a Built Bar. Get in on it now here for your box. And really, you'll be set. And you know, once you're on Built Bar, you won't go back to any other protein bar. All right, it is time to close the show here, looking at the final three matchups from the early side of games here, and we'll do the late matchups again tomorrow as a programming reminder. Here's a game, uh, Chiefs at Washington here. They need a rebound victory. They got that two weeks ago against Philadelphia, lost to the Bills badly on Sunday night. So Chiefs don't want to be lingering around under 500, so they'll be kind of motivated coming into this game here. And you look at uh, Patrick Mahomes, this Washington defense has been really bad and underachieving. Chase Young has been on an island trying to make plays. It hasn't happened on the regular basis here for them. Their front has just really struggled. They're not tackling well linebacker. And their secondary, they have some uh, guys back there, including William Jackson. Highly disappointing here for Washington. And I think Jack Del Rio is maybe on thin ice here and calling the plays there with his talented defense. So that said, 55 and a half is the over-under. The Chiefs are seven-point favorites here. Chiefs, it's a get-well game. They're going to go out and be focused here. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, I think they can both smash it in this game against Washington. So good stuff there all around. I don't think they have anybody on this WFT defense that's going to slow down either of those guys. So Tyreek Hill, I think, has that monster game rebounding from the Bills matchup, which was tough for him to get free. Kelsey has his standard uh, awesome game as well here. So love Mahomes to have multiple TD passes. Probably going to get to 303. Let's just be honest. That's what's going to happen. Now in the backfield, Darrell Williams, you can use him. There's a lot of scoring opportunities for the Chiefs. The game script should be positive. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is down for this game. People have talked about Jarek McKinnon and using him in the passing game, but they didn't really use Clyde Edwards-Hilaire much in the passing game as much as they should have. The checkdowns to McKinnon are not happening. They're going to be in control of this game. So Darrell Williams, I like uh, rushing pretty well. Scoring a touchdown if you're able to get him off with a waiver wire. Plug and play him as an RB2 this week. Anywhere else, I'm not going. Michael Hardman's of the world. Josh Gordon, not quite there. I think it's going to be a dominant Hill-Kelsey game. And when it's not them with Mahomes, I think you're going to see some good action here from Daryl Williams. And Chiefs defense, start them at your own risk. Taylor Heineke can make some mistakes, but we also know the Chiefs can get gashed here on the back end. And I don't know if they'll be totally healthy for this one. And the Washington football team has weapons. So on the other side, Terry McLaurin is a top 10 wide receiver this week. He'll bounce back. And it was a tough matchup last week for him against Marshawn Lattimore, another Ohio State guy. Not going to happen this week against the Chiefs. Traveris Ward, I'm not sure if he's going to play. It doesn't really matter. I think this is a great game for McLaurin, bouncing back uh, with high volume here. I also like Ricky Seals-Jones, a tight end. The Chiefs really struggle against a tight end. I know there's no Logan Thomas, but RSJ has been making some plays with Heineke. Good enough volume here. 
And tight end is such a struggle here, again, with Pitts and Kittle out and some other question marks that uh, Ricky Seals-Jones has a lot of appeal as a streamer at that position this week, absolutely. So going there, McLaurin, RSJ in deeper spots, Antonio Gibson. Also sneaking me like J.D. McKissick in this game because, again, the game script is going to be negative. Uh, Curtis Samuel could miss the game here. That means they need somebody to pick up the slack in the passing game. Diami Brown and Cam Sims are hurt as well. So who's it going to be other than McLaurin? So you have to look at Ricky Seals-Jones at tight end, McKissick. Uh, Gibson will still get his, and you'll get involved in the passing game early, and you can run on the Chiefs. So Gibson's an RB2. McKissick gets flex consideration. Deep league tight end is Ricky Seals-Jones, and wide receiver one is McLaurin. And if you need uh, Taylor Heineke, the guy putting it all together, that would say he's going to put up some good numbers against his Chiefs defense as well at home. See, bad defenses at home, Heineke does pretty well. In any other situation against decent defenses, he doesn't. So the volume is going to be there just in garbage time opposite Mahomes to make sure, again, those four guys get the ball. McLaurin, Gibson, Ricky Seals-Jones, and McKissick. Now, Let's go to the next game here. 46.5 is the over-under for the Vikings-Panthers game. This is in Carolina as Minnesota travels there. Kirk Cousins against a good defense? No. Sam Darnold against a good defense? No. So I'm not going there. But let's hope Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey come back, shall we? Let's do something here. So McCaffrey was pretty close to returning against the Eagles last week. He gave it a go all the way through Friday. Figure another week has passed by, he'll be healthier. So I'm expecting him to return and start in his usual role over Chuba Hubbard. This week Hubbard might get a few more touches here as they maybe ease McCaffrey in. But easing McCaffrey in still means 20-plus touches here for him. Uh, they're, they need a win. And they've been uh, sliding in the other direction here. They started 3-0, now they're 3-2. and The Vikings are favored in this game. So, yeah. They're going to do everything they can to get McCaffrey in there. Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison's been great, but Madison did have a key fumble last week that allowed the Lions to come back in the game and almost steal that from them. So that's going to be something to keep in mind. If Cook uh, has had some rest with the ankle, he could uh, definitely come back this week. So let's watch that. And you can also run on the Panthers, as we've seen here, if uh, teams are patient with it. So I think that's where they would go. Justin Jefferson is never out of your lineup. He's a wide receiver one, always. Uh, just the volume and the trust now of Kirk Cousins. Uh, not just going with, I'm just not going with Cousins himself because I don't see it being consistent. Adam Thielen's always there. I think he falls into the wide receiver three category against the secondary in this pass rush this week. Vikings offensive line can be hit or miss. So, again, Cook and McCaffrey are the two things we're watching here very carefully. As far as the Panthers go, DJ Moore, let's hope he has a rebound game. Patrick Peterson on the other side has slowed down quite a bit for the Vikings, so you'll still see some Peterson versus Moore, but Robbie Anderson, we know he's complained and he's not getting open, so I don't know if uh, that's going to really help his cause to get more involved, so still a lot of volume for DJ Moore, a lot of uh, McCaffrey here for sure. Do we go anywhere else in this Panthers offense? No, I can't recommend Darnold at all this week. It's Daniel Hunter and that pass rush of the Vikings and Brian Burns going after Kirk Cousins on the other side. So quarterbacks they don't like. Three of the receivers that we usually go with, we go with. And again, if it's not Cook, we're going with Mad- Alexander Madison. If it's not McCaffrey, we're going with Hubbard. If it's uh, Cook and McCaffrey, both of them are RB1s. If it's Madison and if it's Hubbard, I think they're more RB2s this week based on volume here as understudies that, uh, again, prove that you should always handcuff your backs in the draft if you invest a high pick in them. And there's a clear cut number two. And in the case of. Uh, Cook and McCaffrey, clearly we had number twos coming into the season. 
All right, finally, let's go to the Chargers-Ravens uh, game. That's the last game we'll break down on the show. It's a three-point spread in favor of the Ravens. So the Furious come back. They're 4-1. and one. The Chargers are 4-1. and one. one of the better games there you'll find in an early window. 52 is the over-under, so a lot of points we're expecting between Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson. I think they're both QB1s this week with a chance to maybe be the top QB on the board. We know Lamar was the number one last week. It was a loaded, top-heavy group there. You had Lamar Jackson, you had Tom Brady, you had Justin Herbert, and you had Josh Allen. So these two guys coming up red hot. These uh, matchups of both weren't shootouts last week. Let's uh, we'll dive a little bit more into the matchup. Uh, the Ravens' secondary is a little shot. They have a lot of question marks. The Chargers are a little bit better on the back end and can stop some things. But we saw last week they did give up quite a bit. And I think they'll have trouble with uh, the speed of Marquise Brown in the matchup nightmare that is Mark Andrews, who's now locked and loaded the way we want him as the Ravens' uh, top tight end. He's back in the end zone, back getting the high volume. So Mark Andrews uh, right up there with uh, Travis Kelsey and uh, Darren Waller. I actually like him uh, right on the level of Kelsey this week against this Chargers team. Uh, really weak at linebacker and safety. You can really run on them. So that's going to help Lamar Jackson as well. They've had uh, some issues in the past with this Chargers defense, but it's a different type of scheme this time around for Jackson. So Jackson's going to do his normal high floor with the running, and he's going to get the ball to Andrews and Brown. So locked in as a high-end QB1, just like Herbert. Andrews there is a tight end one, uh, maybe the top on the board once again this week. Brown is every week guy as a wide receiver too with a lot of upside. So the offense is going to flow through those guys. But also Latavius Murray, I know the 100-yard rushing streak as a team was snapped there for the Ravens as they got behind the Colts and had a throw, throw, throw. But they'll run a little bit more effective this week. The Chargers are very vulnerable against the run. They've kind of wilted against that. So Latavius Murray has a bounce-back game. Going to get at least 60 yards and a touchdown here. So he's playable as an RB2 slash flex this week. I'm not extending to anyone else in the Ravens passing game for this one. So let's look at the Chargers. They're keeping it simple. It's the same principles. Austin Eckler, their RB1 with his usage at, at this point. The Ravens getting struggling in all parts of their defense. Keenan Allen should have a pretty nice game as well, working in the coverage. Mike Williams, maybe they'll protect a little bit against the deep ball. I think this might be more of an Allen game than a Williams game, but both of those guys start as high-end uh, wide receiver 1-2s for you this week. I also like Jared Cook. The Ravens cannot cover the tight end, so uh, another tight end streamer that you can look at in this game here. Uh, Cook had an effective uh, game against the Browns last week, so you'll see him uh, do some damage. So I'm looking at three touchdowns from Herbert. I'm looking at at least two from Lamar combined in this game with a good rushing and passing production. I do like the Ravens to win the game at home. I think it's going to be a close one, and it's going to be very nice for fantasy football here and not disappoint with that 52 over-under, I would uh, go with the over on this game again. These two defenses have been pretty good, but they can also fall apart as we saw them give up a ton of points, uh, respectively, last week, and uh, they'll be even wore down this week. Uh, Chargers played in the late window. The Ravens played in overtime on Monday night. So worn-down defenses are really good for fantasy football, especially when you have the level of primary skill players in the trios around the quarterback these, these two teams have. All right. So there you have it. There's a breakdown of seven games on the schedule here for week six. We'll get to the back seven again tomorrow there uh, with uh, matchup Thursday. So we'll start with the Bengals-Lions game all the way through again. Monday night and Sunday night football there with the Bills, Titans, and the Seahawks. And Steelers will also break down that marquee game in the late window, the Cowboys and Patriots. So good stuff all around. 
Thanks for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available on all platforms. This has been another episode of Lockdown Fantasy Football. This has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great day, and we'll see you uh, breaking down the matchups on the back half on Matchup Thursday.